Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Well, today we are in, it's hard to believe we're in the fourth week that Christmas is next week. Do you know that? You know? You know, Pastor Lindsay has a sweater that keeps going back from nice to naughty on it. So, you know, I don't know what's happening, but (laughs) we are in the week up. This is the whole big ramp up of of Christmas. This this month we've been going through Advent. We've been talking about that theme of we want to awaken the wonder of Christ in us. And I hope that as you've been walking through this, that there's been an awakening in your soul and your spirit. As we've talked about the hope that we have through Christ, the love of God, the peace that covers us and protects us. And today, we're going to be looking at joy. And to do that, we're going to be going to one of my favorite books in the New Testament. This is the, uh, the book of Philippians, and I encourage you to go there. Philippians is just after the book of Ephesians. And we're looking at chapter 1, focusing on verses 3 to 11. And then we're going to jump a little bit to verse 25. Philippians is often called the book of joy. And I think it's especially... especially um, important for us as we look at this book and as we hear these words, this is one of my favorite prayers from the Apostle Paul, we need to recognize that when, when Paul was writing this letter under, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's word, that he was writing this from prison. He wasn't writing this as he came through a foyer filled with cookies. But he was writing this while he was in jail. Can you imagine that? And here's what Paul writes. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make requests for all of you with what? Joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the, first you, from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, he will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And then jumping ahead to verse 25. Here's what verse 25. And would you read this with me? Let's read it together. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. What does Paul want us to experience? The joy. The joy of our faith. He wants us to experience it. And for me growing up as a kid, this was something that, was, that was very, uh, came very natural this time of year. And I think it begins with this whole aspect that we need to understand that as it relates to God, that we were made to experience joy. We were made to experience what? Joy. Okay? Over 2,700 times in the Bible, 
we have this, this, this reference and this, uh, these, these, these words that just keep coming up where the Bible is talking about joy. And we even find it in Revelation 4 that we were made, all of you were made in God's image, and you were made for God's pleasure because God experiences joy. Do you know that? Do you know that when God looks at you, when he looks at kids, I think especially with kids, right? Look, look, look at all the kids in this place today. If you don't have enough joy in your heart, unless you're, you're a mom or a dad or an auntie and they're acting up right now, typically when you look at kids, they're, you can't help but joy to fill your heart. Joy to fill your heart as the family grows, as things expand. We have this joy that comes over us. In Psalm 43 it says, There I will go to the altar of God, the source of all my joy. And in Galatians it even says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. This is what God has for us. And see, this time of year, I think, it's especially easy for us to think about it. Because why, because why, after all, why would God want this? See, I think joy is so important to us because joy strengthens us. Joy strengthens us. Joy makes us strong. I mean, think about it. When you are at your best, or I'll, I'll personalize it. When I'm at my best, it's when I'm experiencing the joy that God has for me, okay? When I'm happy, when I'm joyful, I eat a lot better. I can walk through all those cookies and go, I'm just going to take a little nibble. But I don't put it back. Don't worry, okay? But I can walk through and just take a little nibble. Now, when I'm down and I'm sad and I'm depressed, guess what I'm doing? I'm watching The Mandalorian just chucking popcorn as much as I can, right? My disciplines go out the window. When I'm happy and full of joy, it's easy for me to get up in the morning and go for a run. When I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling bad about myself, it's harder for me to get up. I don't sleep as well. Do any of you guys experience that, or am I the only freak of nature in the room, okay? Well, this is what we experience. When we're happy, it's easy for us to be on track versus when we're not. See, joy, it strengthens us. And when you, look, when, you talk to, uh, when you talk to the medical community, they tell us that when we're joyful, it actually promotes health. We eat healthier, we sleep better, we exercise more often, it boosts our immune system, and we even live longer. But it also strengthens our relationship. When you get around somebody and they're filled with the joy of the Lord or they're just feeling better about life, the conversation is a lot different, isn't it? And I would say this, that when you're feeling down and you're talking to somebody that they have this joy of the Lord in them, they're often in the position to where they're able to give into you. They've been storing up and it's there. It strengthens our relationship. But we also need to recognize that this joy of the Lord, it also gives us spiritual strength. It gives us spiritual strength. Nehemiah in chapter 8.10, it says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength inside of us. And every time I read this, I think about one of my favorite pastors from history is George Mueller. How many of you have heard of George Mueller before? I love George Mueller because George Mueller was an evangelist pastor in Bristol, England. And back in the 1800s, as he would walk along, he would see all these children, all these orphans, these little kids, just running around with nowhere to go. Kids going around. See, they didn't have all the services that we have today to help support them. And as he began to see the need, he knew a lot of them, they were working in factories. They were being abused and used in a lot of ways. And he began to call on God and say, God, what can I do? And he felt that God called him to, uh, to build this orphanage where he could bring kids in, where he could love them in the name of Jesus, where he could feed them and provide housing and provide clothing for them. That's a big task to do, isn't it? That would be a big task today. If I said, I want you to go downtown Seattle and start an orphanage for all the kids, just go and do it. You'd be like, man, there's a lot going on. I have a heart to f- take care of these kids, but how do I do this? Do you know what George Mueller said? He said that one of his secrets to strength as he was walking through he said, I saw more clearly that 
that ever that that first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. Okay, this is a man building an orphanage, and do you know what his fundraising program was? Prayer. That's all he did. He was known as a man who never asked for anything but that he would just pray. There's a famous story of one of his staff came to him one side and said, said George, we're, we're, we've got the kids. They're all in the dining hall. They're all lined up for food, and there's nothing there. Do you know what George did? He prayed. He prayed. He didn't go, what are we going to do? He said, no, I'm going to pray. God, you told me to do this. Now I'm counting on you to provide. And wouldn't you know, at that same time, a cart going by, the wheel broke, and the person came in and said, I've got all this milk. Do you have, can, can you use it? It's going to go bad. And George said, that's God providing it. And there was story after story after story. And George is saying that his first order of business with everything going on is he had to get his heart happy in the Lord, happy in the Lord. He said the first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord that day, or how, or, but how I might get my soul in the happy state and how my inner life might be nourished. I mean, imagine, this is a man that rescued over 10,000 children from the streets of Bristol, England, when nobody else was reaching out to them. Do you think that was a man of faith? Now, do you think that George Mueller just walked through the dining hall just with a big smile on his face all the time, going, hey, things are great today, you know, I love you, you love me. I don't think he was singing that song. He had 10,000 kids that he was pulling off. So when we talk about joy, we're not talking about a mass that we put up in front of us, are we? We're not just talking about that whole thing of just ignoring the world around us. See, and I think that's a part of a challenge, that when we talk about this being joy in the Lord in this happy state, that sometimes we think about it the way that the world around us can think about what it means to be happy. Because a lot of times, the source for happiness is we get fooled into thinking it's about adding more stuff, right? If I have the right thing, if I have the right relationship, if I have the right job, that our happiness, our joy comes from what we can add to our lives, what we can go out and get, having a great interview, having the paycheck that we want. And see, as a child, this, I got this whole concept of I can be happy if I just get the right stuff, right? It was all about the gifts. And you know what? For me, I was trying to portray as, as a nice a Dwayne as I possibly could. And today, even as we look at kind of what are those, those, those big things are going, as, as kids lie awake on Christmas Eve, do you know what some of the top Christmas gifts are this year? Top Christmas gifts. Here's the, here's the number one top Christmas gift this year. Exploding kittens. How many exploding kittens game fans do we have out there? Well, maybe you're on the naughty list. I don't know. <laughs> One of the top gifts this year is exploding kittens, okay? Now, just a little disclaimer, no kittens are hurt during this game, okay? So it's not actually that. And then one of the other top gifts is this next one, Baby Yoda. Anything, Mandalorian people out there, all right? Anything with Baby Yoda on it, man, it is just flying off the shelf, flying off the shelf. I tried to get a Baby Yoda for a friend of mine, and they were gone. They were gone. I couldn't get it. And even for me, a lot of times people say, you know, Dwayne, where is your happy place where you, you kind of get that joy, you know? And so my first reaction is my happy place is any place that Stephanie is. Here we go. <laughs> I'm trying to get on the nice list, all right? You know, hiking, skiing, all those kind of places, that's what we think about when we think about joy. Man, if I just get that exploding kittens, or I get that, how many kids want a Nintendo Switch? Little kids? Are you asking your mom and dad, your aunt and uncle, for a Nintendo Switch? Some of you are going, what's that guy doing up there? What's he talking about? Okay. 
We try to do that. But see, we need to recognize that that true joy is not in getting the Nintendo Switch. It's not in getting the Baby Yoda. It's not in even getting the exploding kittens. But true joy is not about a location or the accessories that we have. See, when the Bible talks about joy, this true and this pure joy, it's often spoken of by people who are in very difficult locations. Exhibit A is here, Philippians 1, where the Apostle Paul is writing this, this prayer of thanks. This prayer of encouraging us to be joyful. And he's writing it from a prison that he got to by obeying God. Now think about that. He obeyed God... And he ended up in prison. And this wasn't his first time in prison. And he speaks about the joy of the Lord that is coming from that. See, James, the brother of Jesus, he said it this way. He said, count it all joy when you meet trials. Now, when you ask God to move in your life, is your first thought, man, God's going to give me a really good problem. God's going to give me a really good trial. And maybe I'll even get to go to jail. Then I'll be happy. We don't think that way, do we? We think about maybe God's going to give me something. Maybe it'll be the price is right in a new car or that new RV or a new pair of shoes. See, this is not the joy that we're talking about. And even as we think about the Christmas narrative, we think about Mary. See, Mary's response to finding out that she would carry the Messiah was a response of joy. And when we place ourselves in that context... We need to remember that she was betrothed to be married to Joseph. And now she finds herself pregnant. And she also knew that if someone said, Mary, why are you pregnant? She knew the story wouldn't be, well, God did it. You know, (laughs) that wasn't going to fly. She knew that she would be coming under criticism. She knew, she didn't know everything. But the answer to the question, Mary, did you know, is yeah, she did. She, she, she knew a lot. She, she knew the prophecies. There was a background. This just wasn't a random young woman that, the, that God picked out. She knew, at least in part, that this would be a challenge. It would be a tremendous blessing, favor with God. But in the middle of it, she still found joy, even though that she knew, and even Joseph considered putting her away quietly. But see, Mary knew, I think, what we need to keep in mind today, that as we think about this Advent week, we need to look at the source of joy because the strength of our joy is dependent on its source, not the location. If your source of joy, if my source of joy is always about the location I'm in or as long as everything is hitting right, as long as my kids are obeying me and as long as the grades are coming in and as long as things at work are going well, my joy is going to be up and down. And maybe you felt that in your life. Maybe you feel like it's just one big roller coaster ride. I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm depressed. It's all over the place. This is why true joy, it starts on the inside. True joy is a soul level. See, God focuses on our soul. We tend to focus on the external, don't we? We tend to focus on the things that are around us. But when God speaks of joy, when God speaks of the transformative work, it's a renewing of the heart, it's a renewing of the mind. It's that internal work. Because see, our body is dying day by day. It is going away day by day. Day by day, I need less and less hair shampoo. Day by day, there are things that keep coming up. The Lord goes right to our soul. 
The soul is a part of us that lasts forever. And even Jesus said this. He said, look, your soul affects everything. He said, from the abundance of the heart, our soul, the mouth speaks. See, we think it's the exterior, but it's actually this internal part. See, God's joy in our life, it doesn't start on the outside and come in. God goes right to the inside of us. Because when our soul is surrendered to him, it controls the body. It controls everything else that we do. See, joy is about changing the interior, the heart. This is why so many things that promise joy, they fail to do so because they're dependent on the exterior. And as long as I'm dependent on the exterior, those things go away. Those things go away. See, and an accessory can be taken away at any time. There were a lot of things back in the 80s that brought me joy. Here were some of the things that brought me joy back in the 80s, okay? How about that 80s hair up there, right? Now, this is Andre Agassi. I, he was, my goal was that, never quite met it. But for a lot of people, it's their hair, it's their appearance, right? I want that Agassi look. I actually had a first edition pair of Air Jordans that got accidentally thrown away by my sister. Hey, she's, she, she's a good woman. She's a good lady. But, and we're working through it, okay? So it's, I had an Atari. These were all the things that every Christmas as I walked in, right, these were the things that I thought, man, if I just get that. But all these things are gone. The hair's gone. The Jordan's gone. The Nintendo is gone. Every, not Nintendo. The better one, Atari, is gone. See, accessories, they come and they go in our life. But see, we need to recognize, again, that if our joy is dependent on this, these things are fleeting. These things break down. These things fall out. And I think we know that. And have fun with that. Man, play your Xbox. Play your exploding kittens. I mean, you know, put on your Nikes, whatever. But we need to be careful that our joy is not found in that. That's why Jesus said, he said, look, don't be afraid of those that threaten to kill the body. He said, it's the one that threatens to kill the soul. And Jesus said, they cannot touch your soul. It belongs to God. Your soul belongs to God. Because see, here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that if the soul is good, it's all good. You want to say that? If the soul is good, it's all good. Say it again. If the soul is good, it's all good. Okay? I've seen cranky people playing Atari. I've seen cranky people with wonderful hair. <laughs> okay? It's not about that, is it? And it's not even about the crankiness. Because there's some times that I walk through and my flesh is fighting an interior truth of joy that's in my soul. Because again, joy doesn't mean Pastor Dwayne's walking around with a smile on his face all the time. If you've been around it, you know as a community, we've been walking through some dark times. Walking through some very difficult times. Walking through some deep valleys. See, when the Bible talks about joy, it's not talking about ignoring things. But it's saying, you know what, your source is God, and it's right to your soul level. Because everything else can go away. One day I'm going to go for a run, and I feel like I can run 10 miles. One day I go for a run, and a quarter mile in, I'm calling Stephanie, hey, babe, something's going on. <laughs> Help! Because the body's up and down. We need to be attentive to not allow the body to dictate the soul. We focus on the soul, and that dictates everything else. This is what enables us to rest during the storm. When we're going through a storm, relationally, financially, physically, in any way, we invest in the soul. Because when the soul's good, what is it? It's all good. 
When the soul's good, it's all good. This is where we put our attention. This is where we put our attention. So how do we get this gift of joy? Say, all right, that's all good, Pastor Dwayne. You know what? God what? He wants us to be happy, a joy. And it's not just a, you know, a purple dinosaur kind of happy. It's this true joy. He wants us to experience that true joy. So how do we get it? We get it by surrendering to God. And see, surrendering is a tough part. Because we're, we can fall into this commodity relationship, right? Where as long as I feel you, God, as long as you do what I ask you to do, God, then I'll surrender. That's not surrendering, that's negotiating, right? If you walk into any deep relationship and just go, as long as you give me what I want, I'll be here, that's not the relationship for you, right? These are not the Jedi you're looking for. Whatever. Helps you remember that. This is not what we're talking about. It is a relationship that is full surrender with God. We give him everything. This is why the psalmist said in 16, it said, in your presence, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Did David go through tough times, those of you who study the Bible? David went through incredibly dark times. Some just by being king and some just by making some dumb decisions that we all make. How many of you have ever made a dumb decision, right? Right here, I have. I'll say amen to me in that. But what has Jesus promised? He's promised to be with us. See, in his presence, there's fullness of joy because when we're in the presence of Jesus Christ, opening our lives to his spirit to transform us, it goes to that soul level to guide us, to direct us, to change us. That's why Jesus said in 11, he said what? He said, come unto me, all of ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and lonely heart. And then what did he say? He said, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he's referencing a, a farming analogy that we don't quite get today. But back in that day, you know, cattle were yoked together. And it was a commitment together. And only as they worked together did they do anything. If they fought the neck would get calloused, it would get sore, they would hurt. And what Jesus is saying is, no, be yoked to me, lead me. That when we're connected to Jesus, when he moves, when we move with him, he's carrying it, he's leading us. When we fight him, we start to hurt, we start to get frustrated. It's like a car in alignment. And I don't see him as much anymore, but have, have you ever driven a car that was out of alignment? By alignment, I mean like the, the wheels are not quite on all the way. They're kind of out of it, right? A car was meant to be smooth. When you get in a car and it's a smooth ride, it's easy. But when you get in a car that's out of alignment, it's like blah, 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 right? It's just going all over the place. And you try to turn and you can't turn and your glasses fall off. Everything just goes out of whack because it's out of alignment. You can't drive a car like that. Did some of my hair fall out during that? It's out of alignment. When we, our lives are aligned with Jesus Christ, walking in him, obeying him, even in the storms. You know what? I'm in alignment with God. I can go over this. And sometimes I can have fun going over this. When you're with somebody and the car is in alignment and it's walking, it's a totally different experience. This is what the Lord is talking about. He's talking about aligning our life to his purposes, to his plan. Did Mary know this? Yes, she did. Mary, did you know? The answer is, yeah. Did Paul 
recognize this? Yes, he knew this. I think of so many people that I see walk through tremendous situations. When we align our life with Jesus Christ, it's a different experience. So here's, I got, here's, here's my question for today. My question for you today is simply this. How is my joy? Ask yourself that. Let me invite you just to close your eyes. Just to kind of block everything out. And just ask yourself. And by joy, I don't mean just that. Not our culture, not our world's definition of joy. But what God's talking about, that soul level joy that even in the middle of a storm, you know, I can just, I can just snuggle up and rest. How is your joy? And the thing that that's connected to is, is that second question. Are, am I walking with God? Is my life in alignment with God? This is the source of joy. Walking with him. Walking with him, knowing him. Alive in him. Alive in him. And with our eyes closed today, I just want to ask you a question. How many that you would say, you know what? My, my life is not aligned with Jesus right now. Would you just lift your hand or just give some acknowledgement to that? My life's not aligned with Jesus. How many in this place today that your, your response would be, I want to be yoked with Jesus. I want my life as I prepare for 2020 to be aligned with Jesus Christ. Just lift them high. Anybody in this place, I want my life to be aligned with Jesus Christ. Anybody. I'm raising both my hands. <laughs> We're not talking nice and naughty list. We're saying I want my life that when I hit these storms, my life is aligned with Jesus and I'm following him. He knows how to, he knows how to get me around the potholes to soar over the potholes or even at times go down in the pothole and come out being stronger. Amen. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. Lord, may we freshen anew as we head into this, uh, this final week <laughs> of Christmas. Aligning our hearts and our minds and our lives to you. Lord, speak to us in this moment. Show us areas of our life that we are not in alignment to you. Bring us back to you, oh God. Bring us back to you, oh God. Amen, church body. Bring us back to you. And Lord, help me in this walk that when I see a brother or sister have alignment, I wouldn't make fun of the car that's shaking. <laughs> but Lord, that I would be sent as an ambassador by you to say, hey, let's get this thing right with the help of the Holy Spirit to love those around us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Let me encourage you. As the Lord's speaking to you today, uh, I journal. I don't journal every day. And, my, and you wouldn't want to read my journal, okay? You would need, um, well, the Holy Spirit to help you understand it. <laughs> but I write down my f things I'm going through, things that are going on. Because sometimes... You're in, such a, you're in such a tough place that you're like, you can't even speak it. Have you been there? And I just write down and I say, Jesus, help this. Lead me in this. Amen. As we close this service today, it's a family. I want to say, all the kids, you, you guys have been awesome. Good job, kids. Man.
Man, you're better than some of the adults. I got to say that. So you're doing really, really well. <laughs> you're all nice. Okay. Welcome through. As we close this service today, we're going to close this talking about our life being aligned to God. One of the ways that we follow Jesus is in water baptism. Water baptism is not a salvation step, but it's a declaration of I have surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And now I want to follow him. As we go down in the water, it's a signifying of, you know, Jesus, just take it all away. We're putting off that old person. And as we come up, we take on that newness. It symbolizes that. And that symbolism is so important. It's such an important picture. And today, we have two people that want to be baptized. And I'd like to invite my friends to come up. Uh, Carl Grant and Riley Smith, if you guys would come up here. Carl Grant and Riley Smith. Come on down. Because we're going to celebrate water baptism today. And uh, Riley, I've known Riley his whole life. <laughs> this is my son Riley, home from college. <laughs> Welcome, Riley. And this is uh, Carl Grant, who's fairly new to us. And, uh, and Carl, I got to know him, him a lot at St. Matthew's Board Game Cafe, where he would, he would beat me in every game, you know, so... Uh, he's going through, and uh, both of them, them, them today have said, I want to follow Jesus in water baptism, in water baptism. And there was another person here that also signed up for it. I'm looking for you. I don't want to call you out. But if you're here, you can still, still come on up. No? And I would say this, that as we go through, if you're going, you know what? I want to be baptized today. I want to be baptized today. And you didn't sign up? Follow us up, and that's your sign-up. You are welcome to do that today. If you're a child, get your mom and dad's permission, okay? So <laughs> make sure mom and dad are, are on that page with you. But we're going to walk in baptism as the worship team does that. But before we do that, I, th I thought I, I would just ask these guys just if there's anything that they wanted to share. I, I know Riley has something to share about why he wants to be baptized. Here you go, Riley. Yeah, so this is my second time being baptized. Um, and I was reading um, about the Pharisees and Sadducees about um about how they were descendants about abraham and john the baptist called them a broad uh, a broad of snakes or brought of vipers and he and what really stood out to me was he said that means nothing and i and it was a realization that like since i'm on my own like this is my own faith it's my own walk like it's not my family it's not my friends and, and so i wanted to do this today uh to represent and show that that this is my own so. amen, amen. <laughs> Awesome. You want to say anything, Carl? Yeah. Yes. Uh, up until a while back, I always uh, tried to serve God, but only in an advisory capacity. <laughs> um, How many are guilty of that? <laughs> in any event, uh, today marks a recent change, and uh, so I'm happy about that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Would, would you just extend your hand forward and let me say that. Is there anyone else here today that you, you'd like to be baptized today? No? I know. You're wearing your, you're wearing your very best today. So, Let me say this. I pray this spurs you and encourage you on whether you've been baptized before and you're like, I want to rededicate and walk in this. I was baptized seven times, by the way. It is an act of following Jesus. Let me encourage you. Don't miss out on an opportunity. We'll be doing this more in the new year. But would you just reach out your hand, those of you who follows of Christ, as we just pray a blessing. Lord, thank you for Riley and for Carl. And Lord, as they 
walk through this step of obedience to you today, may they experience the power of your Holy Spirit filling them, renewing them. Lord, as Carl said, no longer in an advisory position, but as the Lord, as the God of my heart, of my life. We celebrate this today as a community. Lord, may it encourage us to walk forward with you, not as an advisor, but as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who shall reign forever and ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's the kingdom you're calling to us. Surrender to you, align with you in your name. Everyone together? Amen. Let's all stand together as we worship and celebrate baptism today.